0: Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints happy cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio—it's—it's it's painful.
1: All right, everybody, we have a very special Saints Happy Hour for you today, uh, Andrew. I get asked a lot about, like, when we went when we did the live show at Tracy's, and if people email or dm me about my wwl column they always ask do the saints listen to the saints happy hour podcast do they know you guys god i hope not do you do they know you exist and i think today's guests prove without a doubt that the saints not only do they not listen they don't know we exist because we got connor payton oh by the way who is a patron connor thank you for being a patron uh Connor Payton, Sean Payton's son, has agreed to come on. And if the Saints knew that this podcast existed, they would have told him...
2: That is the worst idea I've ever heard in my life, Tom. Yes. Yes, it's horrible, this idea.
1: But they didn't. So, Connor, thanks for joining us.
2: Hey, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: <laughs> so, I, I Con-
2: mean, I think they'd be happy I'm on here. I don't know what you're talking about. I think... <laughs> I think this is what, I think it's fresh and they need this to hear some of this news.
1: You know, Connor, I know everybody understands the situation with the coronavirus, but the one thing I wanted to talk to you uh, right off the bat is your situation was a little different in that your dad, he got it. Thankfully, he's fine. But what was the initial reaction when you first learned it? Because it swirls all around us, but like until it touches you and grabs you, I think your reaction to it was different. What was your reaction when you first heard? It? It's like, oh my dad, dad, you got corona? What?
2: Oh. Yeah. So uh, I actually was in New Orleans for Mardi Gras, and then I would say when did this outbreak happen? Three or three three weeks after that. But yeah. they were saying how they think a lot was then. But he, I had not seen him. I had not seen him three weeks until he, he he told me he's like, hey, they, uh, I have some signs of corona, and I'm getting tested, and the doctor's like, probably have it. So. I was like really and he was like yeah but we'll find out and like I think he found out in four days he got the results back and he calls me that morning and he's like uh, I have corona and I was like wow like that's just really like because you oh you're just hearing all this hype and you're like oh is this really like what is this and then all of a sudden like someone directly to you and now all of a sudden having the conversation of like okay so he's gonna release this and then now when he released it like for the next hour I'm answering phone calls about not only if I had corona or if someone's son who I was hanging out with or someone like you know everyone's like covering their traces and it was just a crazy 24 hours just after that period but he's all good now negative tests he's donating platelets now so that's good to hear but it was definitely some scary times
3: well yeah and I remember just hearing that news and you know thankfully for us when we heard it he was kind of on the other side of it so I imagine for you guys and your family uh just kind of finding out in real time uh, that, that's crazy. And certainly a lot of people are going through that. But, you know, the other side of that coin is a lot of awareness uh, has been acquired by people just from him being out there preaching the message. So, uh, you know, that's, yeah, that's that was the goal. Yeah. Yeah. That's the silver lining. Con- Connor, I want to ask you about. So, you know, obviously you have access in that you're Sean Payton's son and you you get a chance to maybe experience things, hear things that your average fan just isn't going to be able to hear. But there's a big difference between access and the draft is happening right in front of you, on your couch, in your living room. So can you talk a little bit about just the experience of the draft this year and literally having it inside your home?
2: Yeah, I mean, so I I would say since, I was pretty young. I've always really been into the draft and it's been into the player evaluation process and the scouting process. So with this, my dad called me a couple of weeks before the draft. and was like, Hey, um, they're thinking about doing this in the living room. And like, not only I want you to come here, like, I kind of need you to come here. I'm mean, like, I, I was like, we're going to, we're going to need to do this. And I was like, it was just such a great opportunity just to be that close. And really it almost made the draft seem less as serious as it was, but like, it, I was, like, it almost seemed like a fantasy draft, but then you look at it and you're like, we're doing things that, like, this is NFL, pro like, we're making big decisions here, but we're in our living room doing it. Like, it was a really rare, and one of those experiences, I feel like, 40 years down the road, somewhat, like, it's going to be cool to be, like, the corona draft. So, we'll talk back on that, I feel like. So,
1: wait. So, your dad was like, I need you. I need you to help me do the draft. Like, what What did he have you doing from the couch and the house? Yeah, so, I mean,
2: I mean, like, he obviously, like, I'm not making decisions here, but he he has got a bunch of screens on here. He's got one video chat here. He's got one video chat here. So I'm helping, you know, unmute him. He's talking for 10 minutes. And then I'm like, you were muted the whole time. And then I'm doing this, this, and like <laughs> helping him. I was basically, made, uh, you could call me an assistant, get some drinks. You know, hey, can you give me a Coke? Yeah, I got you. That That was more my job. Maybe move some magnets around. Player gets selected, put his magnet on the team. Well, no, so if, you're, your,
3: if your dad's anything like my dad, you were as much there for IT support as anything else, yeah. right?
2: Oh, that was that was the main purpose. That that was what I was there for.
3: <laughs> so, you know, I'm curious, Connor. I mean, you're, uh, gosh, I mean, your your dad's been with the Saints so long now; it's it practically your entire life. You, I know you're a huge Saints fan for obvious reasons, but do you even have any memories of? Him Coaching other teams, or is it just kind of your first memories are really being a Saints fan him being on the saints
2: it's I mean it's crazy because I was born in New Jersey actually he was coached for the Giants and then we moved to Dallas when he got the assistant head coaching job there but even then we moved to New Orleans when I was five years old so like I don't have many memories before New Orleans and then growing up just it's like you don't really you have to I didn't really notice the magnitude and like everything that comes with his job and the importance of it until you have to become I think a certain age until I was like really 13 years old I could like kind of step back and be like whoa like like this is because you're when you're when you're six years old and he's the head coach from then on till now like it just becomes that that's just your new normal but it was I mean I would pick nowhere else just to have a fan base and just constantly be surrounded by the greatest fans and it's honestly so cool just to like I'm seeing security guards in the dome that have saw me since I was six years old and now about to turn 20 in a couple of weeks. So it's it's crazy.
1: So, you know, you when we were talking about topics to talk to you about, you, you brought up a great one that I really liked, and that was playoff PTSD. Uh, and it uh-huh. made me realize 2017, 2018, 2019, all those losses hit you, just like the rest of us, right? Because you just said you, you've oh, grown oh up like the Saints God. is – the Saints is all you know. Um, here's the thing, though. Andrew and me talk about 2018 and 2017, the playoff losses, all the time, literally. Andrew will just call me up and be what like, he'll be like, if Josh Hill wouldn't have got hurt in the 2018 NFC Championship oh. game, it'll be all different. So me and Andrew can all do different. that because we're, we're, we shoot the shit. But you're Sean Payton's kid, right? So do you, can you, like, bring it up with him and just chat about those painful yeah. losses or is he like nope that's in the locks yeah. box kid don't bring up to me about bad throw in the fourth quarter of the 2018 nfc championship i don't want to hear it anymore
2: i mean so i think now that i'm getting like every every year i've been getting older i'll, I'll say stuff to him and he'll i think now he's starting to maybe respect my opinions a little more but he's still like all right come on but because i'm still not in tap with the team enough i definitely like huge fan just like y'all but i definitely don't think i have like much more like actual pull on that but when it comes to the ptsd and the playoff losses man like gosh i heard i heard someone who was i don't know who it was on y'all's one of your podcasts is saying how much just the rams one was just specifically much more worse than the vikings one because the vikings one i i don't know who i can't i'm taking someone's words out of their mouth but they were no like, the, it it's all, me the rams know, loss is trama- is like a top five
1: traumatic thing in my life like and i no, i'll just admit it, it's like please. father dying
3: I was, say, I was gonna say top two yeah yeah i mean yeah. like it's
1: it's it's traumatic like i i literally probably five times a week it'll just a random moment from that game will just pop into my head and i'd have been like if that would have gone different they'd have won and they'd, mm. they'd have two oh. Super Bowls. Oh,
2: over under how many times you've rewatched that game i'm i think i'm about like five oh my god the, the rams one yeah, oh, that's I'm, what I do. I'm, I'm like that. I just rewatched. <laughs> I think I don't know.
3: I I've watched it once, and that was maybe a month ago. So uh, I I haven't even been, been able to get close to that.
1: I have not. Recent. I have not watched the Rams game, Connor. I won't even watch the 2009 NFC Championship game from start to finish because I'm afraid that if I watch it, it might end up different because it was so
2: close. I, I, I've been nervous in that game because even <laughs> then, like, I, I, was, I was nine, but I was crying after he Garrett Hartley hit that kick, like, emotional. I think the whole city was, to be honest, though, but.
1: I know watching the Rams game five times that's like cutting yourself Connor I'm a little worried about you
2: uh, no, <laughs> I know I, I need to talk to somebody about that but um I don't know why I do it but the Vikings one was just the only I think the Rams one hurt worse just because I not only that game happened then I'm going to school the next day all week it's like Connor I'm so sorry like because everyone is on your side everyone knows you got screwed over everyone's like oh that was the worst and you're and you're just hearing it constantly I bet y'all heard it all, I mean, for, you're in New Orleans, so everyone's talking about it. But these people are more like not Saints fans, but cared about me, so they're trying to console me, and that's like the last thing I need is just bringing it up. I don't need consoling.
1: Yeah. I need Super Bowl tickets. You understand? That's yeah, yeah. what
2: I need. I need. I need to be going to Miami. Like <laughs> no, it, it no two years ago. It wasn't Miami. It was uh, Minnesota. Atlanta. No, Atlanta. Yeah, you're right. At Minnesota was the year. Yeah, Minnesota is Minneapolis Miracle game. I got it right. Now. So. But yeah, the Minnesota one, the only bad part about that one was it was 10 degrees outside and going outside. I was, I was at that game in the stands and just in that purple swarm. And I think from when Stefan made that catch to like the second he made that catch, we got up out of our seats and I think we were like in the car leading the stadium within two minutes. Just <laughs> almost a full sprint out of the stadium
1: my most traumatic memory of that game is I was so excited about me and Andrew to do the instant game recap. I had it all loaded and all ready to go. And I was like, oh. this is going to be the most fun podcast experience we've ever had. Cause they came back from 17, nothing and it just all burned to the ground.
2: Yeah. It was, the game was such a good game because obviously I've rewatched that one too. And you really it like, they controlled that for it was just a roller coaster of emotions because you're like wow we're getting our asses kicked and then now like oh it's tied and oh we're up and then all of a sudden boom like it's just the second you the second you had a little bit of hope yeah this podcast Dang. got dark man it did i, I know let's, <laughs> let's, let's lighten it up a little bit
1: the ptsd man
2: we can talk <laughs> you about t- this for an hour i, could, I mean i've <laughs> uh, how many conversations i like this hmm <laughs>
1: Ralph, you want to ask him about the uh, Michael Rappaport thing? Yeah, I do. So, um, Andrew – uh, so, sorry, um, Connor. Your dad mentioned on Michael Rappaport's podcast – it was a couple of years ago uh, when this – you know, it was right after they had played the Rams in L.A. in 2017. And your dad had said to Michael Rappaport, he's like, I knew we were going to play like shit against the Rams because we practiced all week terribly. Uh and when Andrew said you were coming on, that was one of the first things I thought of because I was like, man, does Connor know, like, at the end of the week, like, if Sean Payton's grumpy and he's kind of rude, mean and difficult to deal with, does that mean, like, the Saints, I hey, mean, they didn't practice good, so they're not going to play good. Does your dad, can you tell by your dad's mood during the week, like, does it make you more or less nervous about the game?
2: See, I don't know. I mean, I think after games, he might come up to me and be like, yeah, I mean, we had a tough week. Like, I knew this was going to be, honest. but I would say prior to games, like, leading up, he's the most optimistic person you can talk to. Like, he will not, he won't say one thing about, like, how oh, our preparation's been this, but then after the game, when we're looking back on the week, and then he might say something about that, but definitely in preparation, he's, we're winning this game, and it's happening.
3: Oh, so he's more like Mr., he's like Mr. Positivity, like Drew Brees. He's,
2: he's in Drew yeah. Brees' mode before pregame. I mean, maybe that's just to me. Maybe, maybe he's just keeping it. Maybe he just doesn't want to give me the harsh details. Maybe that's what it is. But <laughs> well, I'll take. You- well, like every week, so I, I have to like keep poking him. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, this looks like it could be a challenge He's like, no, I'm feeling good. I'm like, all right, let's like. Right, well, off the record now. Let's talk.
1: Connor, I, I was gonna. Add, I didn't put this in the question, the senator, but I want to ask him. In 2013, the final week of the year, the Saints they were playing Tampa. They were probably going to make the playoffs, but there was a possibility if they didn't beat Tampa, they wouldn't get in. And I was hesitant because I'm a gambling degenerate. I was like, should I bet on the Saints? Should I not? And I ended up not betting on the Saints. I didn't bet against them, but I didn't bet on them. Then I saw that he had you on the sideline next to him during the game. And I was like, I should have bet on the Saints. The Saints are going to win by a trillion. If Sean Payton is like confident enough to have his kid on the sideline next to him, I'm like, it's going to be fine. Is there anything you remember about that game?
2: Gosh, I can't remember anything specific about that game, but I've definitely heard, like, other coaches and people and players be like, man, let's just say we love it when you're around on the sideline. And I'm always like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> I kind of feel like I'm in the way. Like, I don't know. And they're like, no, like, coach is in a better mood. Like, we, we, like hey, everyone, everyone's happy when you're in town and staying around. But was that the – so 2013, is that – and then we go to Seattle the next week? Well, they,
1: they, they went to Philadelphia in the playoffs and won, and then they oh, went yeah, to we – they, they lost in Seattle. Yeah. Seattle.
2: The Marcus Colston, the throw, whatever he had. Yeah. Was designed. Hey, that was designed. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, while
3: while we're uh, going on Saints Memories, this, this is one of my favorite stories uh, about you, Connor. So I, I'm going to set it up for you, and then I'm going to let you run with this one. Okay. But in, we're going back to the Mark Ingram draft here. And oh, the right. reason – I think as I get older, I gain even more appreciation for the story because – I have a ten-year-old son now, and right. uh, Ra- Ralph's a little older than me, but he has a younger son. He got he started later than me, but Ralph, y- you'll you'll find this out about when your son gets older. By the time they're ten, like I'll he'll come home from school, and I'll be like, Hey, man, how was your day? Like, what did you do today? And I'll get nothing out of him. You know, it was fine, uh, not <laughs> nothing, nothing really. Like it was good. You know that, that's as much as I can yeah. get out of him. But what he will tell me is what sport he played at recess. And who he beat or who cheated to beat him. So, like, he, he will always remember that and he will always tell me that. So, at that age, the kids, it's all about one upping your friends in sports or just you, and, and you live and die with that. And so, right. I remember the story about that draft about you're at school and you're probably around the same age, right? You're what, you're like 12? exactly
2: same- 10 years old. No, I'm 10. Years 10 old. Yeah.
3: Okay. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm just picturing my son having this inside information. And telling us <laughs> like yeah too the, much. the Saints are drafting Ingram it's happening and then you see the Saints draft Cam Jordan and take it from there like are you just pissed at your dad at
2: this point so it's funny cuz I was probably like talking I mean you know ten-year-olds at the time no one wants I'm even don't want DNs now I'll be like but it's not like an lineman, but it kind of was to a ten year old taking a DN was kind of like an lineman in the draft so I'm probably telling my dad was probably like, yeah, we like Ingram. That's probably all he's told me. And I took that and probably run with it. Talking to my friends, I have some Bama friends that, and they're all loving Ingram. Every, who doesn't love Ingram? Heisman winner or Alabama. And all of a sudden drafts on, I'm like, my friends are excited. We're all excited. I'm watching probably one of the first drafts that I'm like, actually know a couple prospects. And maybe know have like a, a hint of what's going on. And I see us go on the clock and we're taking, we take Cam Jordan. I was like, Man, what the hell? Like we're taking England the whole way, and and then, like I'm, I texted my dad. I was like, he didn't, he didn't say nothing. I think he replied or said like, just wait or something like, just hold on. And three picks later, two, I don't know what the number was, but we traded right back in and got him. And I was, at. Definitely definitely made my day there. Definitely saved me from getting some heat on the schoolyard yeah, the next say, day. How how
3: petrified were you during that forty five minute window? Oh. Just just thinking that you had given wrong information to your friends. I, was,
2: I just I just thought I let the squad down. I was like, ah oh, man, I thought we were getting Ingram, we were going to get that Heisman winner, and everyone was going to it was going to be happy. But we got both, and that's why I wasn't making decisions, though, because we all see how Cam Jordan's doing now. That's right. And, you
3: know, I was going to say, de- decent pick. Cam Jordan was a decent yeah, pick. Not, 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 not too bad.
2: Hey,
1: guys, we'll get back to this great interview with Connor Payton in just a second. We just wanted to remind you to rate review and subscribe to the saints happy hour podcast wherever you get your podcast especially if this is the first time you've listened to us we love to have you as a listener on a regular basis we do this podcast every single day we are the number one daily saints podcast consider becoming a patron join at the ten dollar level you get a sticker a magnet a koozie a crude to Taysom Cup, and access to every single piece of content we do. If you are a die-hard Saints fan, I promise you it'll be the best $10 you spend all football season, all year. You need your Saints content. We deliver it. Now, let's get back to Connor Payton. Now that you're older... I know you can't leak us insider information, Connor, because we aren't Jay Glazer. Like, I get that. But how much incredible Saints insider stuff do you know where you just walk around, like, during the year or during free agency, where you're like, I, I know this, I have to tell someone. And you're just like, how much how much insider information do you have?
2: Uh, I wouldn't say that much, because like, I would say my like when me and my dad are talking about the game or just in general, he'll keep me, like he'll keep me updated, but he's not giving me that like deep, deep stuff. And I, I, I don't want him to, you know what I mean? Like I don't even want that information yet. I don't, because what you were just saying, like I don't want to be on the street just like almost wanting to explode with just all this NFL news, like just waiting <laughs> for a story to explode. So I think he keeps me safe by not telling me everything. I'm with Connor. I wouldn't want to know. I, yeah, I, I mean, living,
3: living with that would just be. I, I'd want to tell the world. I'd want to shout it from the rooftops.
2: Yeah. It's hard not to because because I just see other fans who have the same questions. And I'm like, man, I understand I you have those questions as well. But... You know,
3: the whole so, Mark I, Ingram thing was probably a test, Connor, that you failed. And so definitely, now definitely. Now, you don't, <laughs> now you're you not getting definitely. as much.
2: Definitely. No, I think uh, the real test I failed was the 2015 drafts were. Uh, so like we're going, this is like my 20 so now i'm i'm 14 years old, old about this is my first draft where i'm like no a lot of prospects no kind of have an idea of like what we're doing kind of have some maybe a couple of opinions on guys and you know how they like to draw out this first round and they'll be like, like the pick is in and then do you know how the nfl teams know when they say when the tv says the pick is in the nfl teams know who it is but then it's like a delay until it's announced obviously right yeah so then we're uh we're on the clock and I was talking to my dad and when the pick was in, he was like, Oh, we're taking Pete. And I was like, all right, love it. And the pick was in and I know they were about to announce on feed. So I was on Twitter or something. And like, I tweeted something that was like Pete maybe or something like that. I, was, I mean, I was 14, who knows? Twitter probably had it for six months, maybe. And didn't notice that it went to commercial break and they still haven't announced our pick yet. And my Twitter just starts exploding. And no I tipping kicks, Connor. I immediately delete this tweet, and everyone's like, "Oh, he announced it. They're tipping the pick. They're taking Pete." And next thing you know, come back after commercial break, they're taking Pete. And I was like, "God damn it! Like, I like, how did I not know that they have a fucking commercial break in between damn player selection? Like, I uh, was just a, such a fourteen-year-old mistake with too much information. I think that's yeah, exactly and dele- what." Yeah,
3: deleting it is almost worse.
2: It is. You know, it's, yeah. Now yeah. I'm guilty. I think yeah, I tried to tweet something after too to like throw people off like they were taking somebody else. Yeah. I so that, that's that's
1: that a tip, y'all. Find NFL coaches' it? children, follow their social media. They're bound to make mistakes and tweet out great information <laughs> before yeah. the rest of the public knows it. It's a good tip. Oh,
2: I, like, imagine just a, me in a panic in my room. Because I wasn't even – like I was – he was in New Orleans. I was in Texas with my mom. and. 100, like more than 100 miles away, just in an outright panic about leaking this pick before. And he, the only time we ever talked about it, he called me that night and was like, hey, don't be tweeting during the draft. And I was like, I got And that was it. That was it. Never, now it's like, never, not a piece.
3: Well, uh, you, you can get back at your dad a little bit because I noticed that when our podcast account uh, during the first round tweeted that, you know, he had missed it. This was after he did the whole cameo thing we said that he had missed his calling as an actor because his delivery was so perfect and he deadpanned it. I mean, you heard it in the open. It was incredible. But he liked that tweet at the beginning of the first round and of this this most recent draft. And at the time Mm -hmm. we were joking and we said, we're not sure if we should be pumped that he liked our tweet or terrified that he's liking it during the first round, when it's actually happening, so you can, I'll exactly. give you that little tidbit so you can get back at him a little bit there.
1: Yeah,
2: I like. It. I mean, I think the first round for TV is super huge, but I think it's kind of like for teams. It's especially for us picking in the twenties, like the early rounds. There's no way we're moving up there, and it's kind of totally, totally, yeah, yeah. But definitely funny that he was still on it. Now he's gotten. I would, I would definitely have to give him a shout out though because he's definitely improved his Twitter skills over this quarantine time and. I just really, I'm just happy for him. It's finally, he's not putting space bars in between hashtags. He's not tweeting blurry videos. We're just, we're just improving. I love it.
4: Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only 14.95 at Byte.com.
1: Sean, Um, if you're listening, don't ever change. We love that you are more out there on social media during the quarantine. Keep doing interviews. Keep tweeting. Keep tweeting out stuff from the playbook. It is amazing. It is a fountain of content that we at the Saints Happy Hour that have to do a daily podcast appreciate more than you'll ever know. So don't stop.
3: Well, Connor, we can't let you out of here without talking about, uh, the season that your dad was suspended and coached your team. And, um, I know that was a special season to you. I, I watched, uh, the documentary that you're, well, it was like a five minute clip that your, your sister did, uh, which was incredibly well done. Uh, but she, uh, kind of explained how that whole season and she had great interviews with you and she had Bill Parcells on there and kind of recreated yeah, the whole thing. Whole yeah. yeah, it was awesome. But, uh. You know that I know that was a tremendous experience for both of you, really. And again, it's just kind of going back to our comments about the coronavirus. It's making a positive out of a tough situation. And um, curious if you can just maybe tell us a little bit about what that was like as an experience for you, um, and just w- like looking back on it now, how that feels. But also, I'm just curious: is is your dad when he's coaching like Jamal Brown and he's two? two inches from his face and poking him in the chest i mean he, he's not doing that to you guys right
2: no he definitely he definitely took a new way of doing things when he came and coached uh when i was in sixth grade but no i mean it was it was a great experience because you know just as a young kid and this was kind of before like as i was saying earlier how i kind of understood his magnitude and understood like well yeah if he's going to be the coach of the, like he's gonna have to be away like i you know i mean like it makes sense but This was, as a young kid, you're just always seeing your friend's dads being the coach. You're seeing them being around, and you're kind of like, man, like, I just always kind of wanted that, and my dad is a coach, but professionally, like, why can't he be my coach if he could be a professional coach, and so I feel like this suspension, like, it was almost just like a no-brainer for him, and like, for especially him, I I feel like he was just like, let's do this, but uh, it was funny for me, because in fifth grade, the year prior when he wasn't a coach. I was kind of a chubbier kid center and sixth grade was coming around, and I was still a chubby kid. And I was like, all right, now that my dad's being a coach, I don't think I'm going to have to play center. It's my first time, be able to get a little daddy ball action. You know, never had this experience. <laughs> Guess what? Week one, I'm your starting center until the, the whole season. <laughs> like, wow. hey, we got to have the team win. Like, hey, you're my son? Like, no, you're my center.
1: <laughs> I, love, I love it. You know, hey, it
2: was a great, I, mean, I learned, I think him doing him putting me at that position, which looking back on it was definitely what I needed to play at the time because the next year is when I kind of started to grow and thin out a little bit, but like, that's where I needed to be at the time. And it was best for the team. And it was not like, I, I should have received anything better just because he decided to be our offensive coordinator.
3: Was reading the playbook for your teammates. Was it like reading Sanskrit?
2: So the names were definitely like a bit overwhelming, but he had like nice little pictures drawn out for everyone to see. So when you, when you visualize these things for, for the sixth graders, it, it, it'll make more sense. But if you just throw the names at them, they, it would have been a problem.
1: <laughs> no, you know, most of us that are lucky to have great dads, Connor, but a lot of times, like you were saying before, we don't really understand their jobs when we're younger. Was that experience when you're, you're getting coached by him? One of the first moments where you're like, man, my dad, not only is he easy, not only does he coach the saints,
2: but like, God, he's really freaking good at this. It, it really was just because I saw how, cause I've seen him around the Saints and how he acts right? like just definitely like intensity just an NFL coach. And then how he flipped that switch almost to come and, because um, he knew he had a different meaning for the sixth grade team than obviously he would for the Saints. And for him switching that was just like super impressive to see. Cause I mean, he probably had to do that his whole career, just all different places he's coaching. I mean, I'll, I'll honestly never forget that season. I don't think he will either, but and especially for all my friends at that school because they got to really see me and him and just see that not only I'm just a normal kid, but he's just a normal dad who's just a football coach that coaches in the NFL rather than on six, for sixth graders.
1: Right. So, Connor, I am not scared of Tampa getting Tom Brady and Gronk because Florida yeah, is where, where, Florida's where old people go to retire. They take their soup at four. They watch Wheel of Fortune, and they go to bed. But – should I be afraid of Tampa
2: with Tom Brady and Gronk? I mean, listen, it, it is Tom Brady, and you've got to respect Tom. But, I mean, if you look at history, you can see a lot of these players, when they play, they have these great careers, and they go to a new team for their last couple of years. But I don't know. If anyone could change it, it could be Brady. But I'm kind of one of those people looking at the Bucs. So I have to believe it when I see it.
3: I'm with you. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see. The NFC South has definitely gotten more interesting. Um, oh, no yeah, doubt. Teddy and, and, Teddy no, and no Carolina.
2: Fans. We'll see how like if how they deal with it, if they do no fans or if they have fans. Like, I, I'm just curious to see how this season is. It's going to be definitely an interesting one.
3: Well, yeah, you've been around football your entire life, Connor, and so I'm, I am curious. I'm first of all, you're you're killing it here. So I apologize in advance for all the Saints podcasts out there because there's like 600 of them now. Uh, so I apologize in advance for all the ones that are going to ask you on now that you've come on with us. Uh, no
2: but worries. just remember,
3: you did the best one first, all right?
2: I know, I did
3: uh, the best one. I thought this was a good start. I, I really was excited when you guys. Or
1: the worst, and he just is climbing the mountain. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, but your sister's really into broadcasting, so I'm curious, like, is that, do you aspire to be involved in football in some way, or are you interested in kind of pursuing this as a career?
2: No, definitely. So uh, I would say my last couple of years of high school, I actually started doing some internships for the saints where I would kind of just go in for almost a week and kind of observe, take some notes. And then I did something over training camp where I was like, this, like a scouting assistant. Cause I, I feel like even though me and my dad, I mean, y'all all might be like, we all look alike. I've heard that one millions of times, but <laughs> I do, I do feel like we're pretty we're almost wired differently. And I have noticed I'm more drawn to more player evaluations and roster management rather than coaching and And strategy. So, but definitely finding my own calling and trying to find like my own way in football has been awesome. And then, especially going to TCU, they have such a great program there on Gary Patton. And I uh, had an opportunity to start in the second semester before obviously Corona to work in their football office and just kind of help them with some recruiting logistics and just for whatever their 2021 class of incoming high school students. But so it's just been really cool to see almost. Two real, or yeah, actually two really good football programs at two different completely levels
1: alright so now Connor before we get, get you out of here you've given us way more time than we asked for originally we got to get to the important stuff you're a big Game of Thrones fan and you just said you're drawn to the player evaluation side so I have a serious serious football question that's Game of Thrones related who would make the better hmm. offensive lineman Hodor the Mountain or the Hound
2: I mean, I think he's got to be. I think it's got to be the Hound because I think we just saw the Hound throughout the show really, really go through it all. I mean, Hodor definitely, but I think Hodor had one goal in mind and was to hold the door. I don't think he would be blocking much. So he's struggling with I the playbook. Think, I think because I mean, you saw that Hound and Mountain fight at the end, but I don't know. It's a tough Mountain and Hound. I mean, that would be a that'd be a deadly tackle combo in the NFL. All
1: right, and the second thing was. We got, I got real excited that you said you like Rick and Morty. I love Rick and Morty. This oh, yeah. is the only soundbite that I could find that was not horrible and disgusting, but I so love you're it. Mining stuff to craft with and crafting stuff to mine with. Uh huh. Did your dad write this game? We should talk to him. Yeah, that sounds fun. I love that. I love Rick and Morty, Connor, but I love that soundbite because I hate Minecraft with a passion. My four year old kid is trying to figure it out, and all we end up is with. darkness and in tears he doesn't understand what's going on i don't understand what's going on i hate it i love that sound from rick and morty so here's my football question related to rick and morty i feel like rick would either be the greatest nfl general manager of all time or the worst because everyone would hate him and try to get him fired
2: and and or killed yeah i don't know if you get the i don't know if you could do the deal with 'Cause the DM's gotta be personable and they gotta convince these players not only to put their pen on paper, so who knows if Rick's gonna really start when these <laughs> players start getting really trying to change up the contracts, I feel like Rick would be like, We don't need you and then who knows what we're going do. something from now.
1: terrible like create a time machine.
2: <laughs> start pulling from old players, taking players from the fifties just to see what happens. Yeah. That's what you do. Feed Always. feed the, the opponent her, to dinosaurs to and stuff. Yeah, we want 50s players. Get them on the salary cap. But
1: So, Connor, once again, thanks for joining us. Guys, he's a patron. You should be a patron and support the show, and it allows us to do cool interviews like this. And if we can get to a 1,000 people giving us $10 a month, uh, I can do this full time in my boxers from my kitchen table. Uh, Connor, we cannot thank you enough, guy, for, uh, for giving us time and coming on and uh, talking saints. Well, I was going to say, he, he's
3: us. probably, I mean, you've got Ralph's spot. We'll just kick Ralph out and you can run the <laughs> podcast if you want. Sure. <laughs> no the <right>. audio <laughs>
1: would definitely get better. <laughs> I, I, can, I can assure you of that.
2: <laughs> thank so, you guys for having me. I had a great time.
1: Guys, we will see you again tomorrow.